John chapter 21 from verse 1 onwards. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples of the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. I'm reading from John chapter 21. I read verses 1 and 2. I'm going to verse 3. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. Very important scripture here. Verse 3. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. And they said to him, we are going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat. And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? I want to stop right here. We have to know that these are the disciples who were called by the Lord Jesus Christ. When Peter was not able to find anything, he toiled all night and he was so tired and frustrated. And he was going to go home empty-handed. Jesus came and he asked him to launch out into the deep. And showed him this miracle, this big miracle that Jesus did. And he saw this miracle of God. And Jesus called him. And at that point, he left his boat, left his net, left everything, and followed Jesus Christ. Having followed Jesus Christ for three and a half years, Peter, being overconfident at some point, told Jesus, that I'm never going to deny you. I'm pretty strong. I'll be careful. Even if everybody else denies you, I'm not going to. I'm pretty strong, Jesus. Jesus knew Peter. And Jesus said, this is what is going to happen to you, Peter, because Satan has, has permission to sift you, and he is going to sift you, and you're very weak. I can see that, Peter. Nothing was going into Peter. Peter was still overconfident. Peter said, I'm good, Jesus. I'm good. I know more than you. You think I'm weak? I know I'm strong. I will never deny you. But you see the love of the Lord Jesus Christ there, even though he saw how Peter was and how he was overestimating his strengths and underestimating his weaknesses. Jesus said this, I have prayed for you so that your faith may not fail. It was because of the prayer of Jesus Christ. Peter had this recovery. But Peter was not gone or didn't get completely lost like how Judas was. There was this chance of repentance and this conviction from the Holy Spirit came to him because Jesus prayed for him. Now, after Jesus prayed for him, He denied Jesus. Everything on the outside may look like, what did the prayer of Jesus do? Peter denied anyway. Jesus didn't say, I have prayed for you so that you don't deny me. No. He said, I have prayed for you. What was his prayer about and why did he pray? Because he knew this was going to happen. He knew Peter's strength and he knew Peter's weaknesses and he knew that Satan was going to sift him. And he also knew that Peter was going to fail because Jesus saw how weak Peter was. Peter thought he was strong. Jesus saw how weak Peter was. And he knew that when this wind blows, he is going to fall flat. But the prayer was for the Lord to enable him to stand up one more time. And to fulfill the call of God. Now, after hearing all these things, he denied Jesus. After he denied Jesus, he was, in this chapter 21, he was actually going back to the same place where he was. Jesus had called him to follow him. Jesus had talked to him about his death and resurrection. 
instead of looking for the risen Lord, he's saying, I'm going fishing. What is he doing? What is he doing? Going back to the same place of emptiness, the place where God called him out of after God did a miracle for him. He showed him what big things he can do and he called him from that fishing place, that empty place. And he said, I have a greater call for you, Peter. Come. And Peter left everything and came. What happened after that? What happened after that? Once Jesus was gone and he was not near Jesus, you see, what was in Peter, how strong he was. Firstly, he denied him. Secondly, he went back to his old profession, the same place where he was empty before. The place where Jesus called him out of. He forgot his call. He asked Jesus, Lord, we left everything and followed you. What happened now? What happened? You said, I'll follow you, Lord. No turning back. What happened now, Peter? What happened? How come you went back? He's going back. And look what happened. Those who were with him said, we are going with you also. Always know this. This is the effect of a person listening to the enticing voice of the enemy. The serpent called Eve. Eve went there. When Eve called Adam, Adam went there. Eve fell and Adam fell with Eve. No one will fall alone. They'll always take a group with them. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. And then those were with him. That's the impact. That's the impact. Just like how the spirit of God has this force and this impact on people to draw them to himself. Satan also has. When we listen to the enemy, we become carriers of that voice where not only will we go out of the way, we will also draw others out of the way. So what happened here? He said, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we are going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat. And that night they caught nothing. What happened? Square one. They came empty and came to Jesus and Jesus gave everything. And what happened now? They left Jesus. Went back to fishing. And what's the net result? Emptiness again. We have to be very careful. Satan is very clever. Satan will not come to take your money away. He'll come to take your faith away. He'll come to take your soul away. What can a man give in exchange for his soul? Whatever comes into our hands comes from the hands of the living God. Jesus filled Peter's boat with fish. And after he did that miracle, he didn't say, well, good for you, Peter. Do you see the miracle? Now go on. Every time you go, your boat is going to overflow. No. He said, come follow me. I'm going to give you something far greater than this. Jesus taught him how to put the kingdom of God first. Because Peter followed Jesus and he left his boat and fished. The Bible doesn't say from that time onwards, Peter didn't have proper clothes to wear. He didn't have proper shoes to wear. And he was starving all the time. And Jesus and his disciples were homeless, walking around with nothing. No. No. Jesus was a man of faith who lived what he preached, who did not worry about tomorrow because his life was entrusted into the care of his heavenly father. Who provided for Jesus? God Almighty. Who took care of the needs of Jesus? God Almighty. We as God's people need to be people of faith. Our provision must come from the hands of the living God, not from any man outside. Otherwise, we'll go into a beggarly state looking to man's hands, dancing to their tunes, bowing down to human beings because we want 
what they have to offer. Satan will give the whole world, supposedly give the whole world, to take heaven away from us. I want to say this again. Satan will supposedly give the whole world to take heaven away from us. We have to be very careful. Our provision is from God. God is the one who puts food on our table. If he puts, we eat. If he doesn't, we don't eat. But he's a father who's better than any father in this world. He takes good care of his people. Our trust should be in the Almighty God. The principle by which we live our lives should be based on having our faith in God, seeking God and his kingdom first. Everything else should revolve around that. I've said this many times. And the Spirit of the Lord wants me to say it again. Our lives should revolve around the kingdom of God. And whatever else we do must revolve around the kingdom of God. It's not that I am going to see how I can fit church into my schedule. No, you fit your schedule based on God, his kingdom. Feed your soul first. Do what he's telling you to do. He will fill your boat to the overflowing. He will cause you to do great and mighty things. It's very important. Never get deceived by the deceiver who took the birthright away from Esau for that porridge, temporary porridge. Our blessings come from God. We should never lose sight of the blesser. Our hearts must be fixed upon the living God. So what did they all do? They went back to the same place. What happened? Emptiness, boat was filled. Now they saw miracles and their lives were so exciting. And then all of a sudden went back to where? The same fishing business. This time without Jesus. What a tragedy. If we go without Jesus, that means if we are going against God's will, God won't be there. If he is not our priority, he will not be in what we do. Yes, he blesses us. Yes, he gives us. Yes, he prospers us. But it is for us to draw nearer to him, not to leave him and run after the material blessings. What happened after that? They faced with the empty boat again. They went went out and immediately got into the boat and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. How sad. How sad. That's how much they went back. They didn't even recognize Jesus. Their minds were so much on fishing. All night they wasted their time. They got frustrated now. Nothing is there in their boats. Jesus didn't come immediately within half an hour of them not being able to catch. He let them go. This way you went all night. Come to a place of realization. Let this bring you back to where you were first when I came and met you and did that miracle for you. All night went by and morning Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. So what happened? He didn't come to their boats. No, he was at the shore. These people, they didn't catch anything. And they're coming with their empty nets to the shore. Then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? What's he saying over here? You went back to fishing. What did you get from it now? Do you have anything? They answered him, No. And he said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. Now, is Jesus endorsing their backsliding? Is Jesus saying that, Well, you went back to fishing, I'll help you do the same thing. No. He's taking them back to square one. You left your call and you went for this. You left the most important thing and you went for this. Look what has happened. I'll show you that. One more time. I'm going to show you. 
that I can provide for you. I can give you more than you can ask or imagine. Whatever you would have thought that you would have gotten, you could have done this by striving and toiling all night. I can do it in less than a second. Go ahead, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. Do it. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in. Because of the multitude of fish. When Jesus said you'll catch some, that some means it's a lot. Think about it. He just said, put on the right side. And they did right side, left side, every side, all night. But now is that the word of the Lord God Almighty. What is he showing here? He's showing that your provision comes from me. You lost track. Peter, you lost track. All of you who went with him, all of you lost track. I'm your provider. I was the one who gave you this before. I'm reminding you again. I'm the one who's giving you this. This is what you went after? You left the most important thing and you went after this? Here, have this. Jesus showed his power there. And now, they caught so much. Therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. Oh, John also went with him. You see that? The effect that Peter had on the rest of the people who were with him. He recognized who? Jesus. John recognized Jesus. He said, It is the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it and plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from the land. But about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. Then as soon as they had come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid on it, and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Look at the Lord Jesus Christ. He not only did the miracle for them, saying that, go, put the net on the right side. And they caught so much fish. But when they came to the shore, they're seeing fire of coals there and fish laid on it and bread. Jesus has food for them prepared. And he's saying, bring what you have, bring it here. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to the land full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Why is he doing all these things? He's showing his love to these people. In spite of the unbelief, in spite of them going back, he said, look, I'm not only able to give you fish from the sea, I'm able to give you prepared breakfast. What more do you want? What more do you want? Come and eat. You guys just caught it, right? It's going to take some time for you to make it. I have food made for you already. This is who our God is. Those who trust in him and put God above everything else will be royally fed by God. You're not at the mercy of any man, any woman in this world. God himself will make sure he provides for you. When we know how to honor God and make him first in our lives, hear him and honor him and look to him for our needs, he will royally lead us. We won't be at the mercy of any man, any woman. What we need will follow us, will come to us when we follow him. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you, knowing that it was the Lord? Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them, and likewise the fish. Now he's going a step further. Not only did he have it prepared, he's actually serving the disciples. This is who our Lord is. 
You see the humility of Jesus. You see the love of Jesus. To whom? To the people who just loved him and went back to fishing. Now, very important scriptures here. Verse 15. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Every single person here in this call must ask the same question to yourself. As Jesus asked Peter, he's asking you this very same question. He gave all the fish. The net was full. Now they have fish and bread on their plates. Their bellies are full. He's asking this question. You went after material gain, right? Do you love me more than this fish and bread, Peter? Is what you went after to make some money. Do you love me more than this? I've given you all these things. But are you here because of what I gave you? Or do you truly love me? Do you love me more than this? In short, will you trade me? For the material gain? Are you going to do this again? Do you love me more than these? I've given you all these things. Here. I was the one who gave you this. Because of that you had all these fish. Because of that you have food on your table now. After receiving this from me, are you still going to go after these things? Do you love me? More than this. It's a very profound question. Think about this. It comes from an aching heart. A lot of times people feel like, oh, how Peter would have felt. No, no, no. How Jesus felt when he asked this question. It came from an aching heart. That's the same way God talks to every single one here from an aching heart. I've done so much for you. Do you love me more than this? I was the one who gave you all these things. Do you love me more than these? Are you going to go after this? Or are you going to come up to me? You see, I can do all these things and give you all these things, but what's your priority? What is your priority? The Spirit of God is speaking to every single one here. What are you living for and what are you running after? You shouldn't be chasing after the wind. You shouldn't be chasing after the wind. You shouldn't be chasing after the wind. One life we have, we want to live that life before God, before man, before the angels of God, before all of heaven, before Satan, before all of hell. We want to live this life worthy of the one who has called us. We don't cause his heart to ache. We cause his heart to rejoice in us. Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus knows what kind of love Peter had. After seeing all these things, Jesus said, Feed my lambs. What's he saying? You forgot your mission, Peter. This is what you should be doing. If you say that you love me, then you should be feeding my lambs. I'm telling you something now. If you truly love me, I'm telling you what you need to do. And he said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Where's this question coming from again? From an aching heart. After giving all these things to all these 
disciples of his, whom he invested in during these three and a half years. And Peter being the ringleader, who was the first one who said, I'm going fishing, and everyone went with him. Jesus is having a conversation with him. He's asking him again. Peter. Simon. Son of Jonah. Do you love me? Do you love me? You see, the name that Jesus is actually using here, he's calling him Simon. Do you love me? Second time. He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. By this time, Peter's heart is already getting heavy. Because not only did he betray Jesus or deny Jesus, after denying Jesus, he went back to his old profession. Instead of carrying the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, he went back to fishing. Instead of waiting on Jesus to see the resurrected Lord, he went back to fishing. And after Jesus blessing him with the fish and with the breakfast, Jesus is having a one-on-one conversation with him. After showing his love to him, and you did all these things, Peter. But I'm asking you this question. Do you love me? Do you love me? This is what Jesus is asking you this morning. Do you love me? If you say, yes, Lord, I love you. Jesus will say the same thing he told Peter. Do what I'm telling you to do. Will you do what I'm telling you to do? You first take care of the lambs. And then you will take care of my sheep. If you love me. If what you're saying is true, Peter, this is what you should be doing. And he said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Why is Jesus asking Peter the third time? Because this was the very same Peter who said, Lord, I will never deny you. Jesus is asking him, so that he can come to a place of truth and have a true conviction in his heart and live by that conviction. And the third time when he asked him this very same question, now Peter says this, instead of saying, oh yes, Lord, you know that I love you. I can even say, when you just denied him, This is why Jesus asked him again and again and again. Each time he's telling me, this is what you should be doing. This is why I called you. I called you for this, Peter. And the third time, Jesus is asking him, do you love me? And now Peter comes to the place of truth and he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Lord, you know how I denied you. Lord, you know how I went back. Lord, you know all things. But I've come to this place, Lord, of truly loving you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Second time. Now when you see The transition that is taking place. The first time Jesus said, feed my lambs. Then he said, take care of my sheep. And then third time he says, feed my sheep. There's a distinction there. Each time there's a very clear distinction. There's a distinction between taking care and feeding. 
there's a distinction between feeding the lambs and taking care of the sheep. And there's a distinction between feeding the lambs and feeding the sheep. God says, I will give into your hands my lambs, my sheep. If you truly say you love me, which equals keeping my commandments. Peter knows very well. He was there when Jesus spoke about all these things. John 15, John 16, John 14, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Peter was right there. He knows what true love means. And every time Jesus asked him, he knew what Jesus was asking. And Jesus saw his heart of repentance. And truth in his mouth. And now, the third time when he answered, Peter answered, Jesus. Jesus is giving him a commission. And along with that, he prophesies over Peter. Of how Peter will become very strong. The very Peter who denied Jesus in front of Satan and the Jewish people. And the Roman soldiers. This very same Peter will become so strong that he will glorify God. He put the Lord to shame before. But this very same Peter will be strengthened and he will one day in front of Satan in front of all the Jewish people and Roman soldiers and all those who were there he would glorify God he will have this triumphant victory Peter became such a loser in front of Satan. He became such a loser. He just put the Lord to say, shame all those three and a half years of work that was invested by Jesus into him. Jesus just poured into him. Everything was gone. When he denied Jesus, it was gone. He just brought the name of the Lord down so horribly. What is Jesus saying here? Peter, you're going to have another opportunity. Another opportunity. This time. You beat the enemy down. Before he brought you down. You're going to be strengthened. When you're strengthened. You're going to bring the enemy down. You're going to glorify God. The very thing that you were so afraid of. That you ran from. You're going to go towards it. Boldly go towards it. In front of everyone. The very same people. You're going to go towards it. And you're going to glorify God. You're going to put that devil to shame. And this prophecy was fulfilled in the life of Peter. Peter was no longer the same. Peter had to make a choice. Always remember, this didn't automatically happen. Peter had to make a choice. Peter made a choice that day right in front of Jesus after eating that fish and that bread that Jesus gave to him. After experiencing the miracle one more time. After having this conversation with the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter was no longer the same. He decided this time, no turning back. No turning back, and he never turned back. And just as Jesus prophesied, oh, when the day came, he so rejoiced, and he was so thankful to God. This is what the Lord showed me, the revelation, and I actually saw in the Spirit. He rejoiced with such joy. 
and with tears before God Almighty, saying, God, you gave me another chance so that I can fix what I did. The wrong that I did before. You're giving me the the opportunity. What I denied you before, now I'm going to openly tell everyone, I'm yours, I'm yours. I was running away, filled with fear, thinking that I was going to be crucified with you, and I denied you. But now I have the opportunity to run towards that cross. I will gladly embrace this cross. I know the power of this cross. I'm not the same Peter. Oh, thank you, Lord, for giving me this opportunity to show to this world the very same people, to the very same devil, to the very same system that hates you. I'm going to show them that I'm not afraid of this. I'm going to show them that I belong to Jesus. I'm going to glorify you. I'm going to put this devil to shame right here. Thank you, Lord, for giving me this opportunity to fix this. And he said, I ran from this before. I'm going towards this now. I'm not fit to be crucified like how Jesus was. Crucify me upside down. You call this transformation. The power of God at work in Peter. It didn't automatically, magically happen. Peter gave himself to the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. He became another man. A man who never went back. There was no turning back. A man who never went after bread or fish any longer. A man who stood and preached and thousands came to the Lord from his preaching because he was so full of the power of God. No more taking people back with him to where he came from now. He's taking people with him to heaven. What a transformation. What a transformation. Transformation will never happen without our cooperation. If you want God to transform you, you have to say yes to Jesus every time he speaks to you and tells you to do something. Then you will have the power that will defy every evil power. Then you will have the boldness that will go against every fear that will try to creep in. And you will become a dominating force. What you are supposed to be, what you are meant to be, more than a conqueror. More than a conqueror. Not be subdued by whatever is before you. But to bring under subjection everything that will try to drag you down. This is the word of God that God is giving to every single one here. Every single one here must remember on this third day of November, having heard the voice of the living God this morning. Make the choice to be wise. Make the choice to be wise. Make the choice to have the character to pursue the things of God. Have the character to have God as your leader, not the enemy. To have God as your provider, not the enemy. To have God as your dwelling place, not the enemy. The enemy came and he told Jesus, I will offer you all these things. Bow down to me. Jesus defied 
Satan and his words. Every believer should be like that. Every believer should be like that. Jesus walked in this world with his head held up high because no one could bring him under. He was not bound by any man. He was not at the mercy of any man. That's the way to live. That's the way to live. If we should live on the face of the earth, that's how we should live. Not at the mercy of any man. If we have the mercy of God, we won't be at the mercy of any man. No man should have the right to dominate our schedule and take us away from the living God. No one. That means we are very powerless. We're not that weak. Greater is he who is in us than he that is in the world. We need to be able to plan our day according to the kingdom of God. We are kingdom people. We are not of this world. Satan cannot dictate our lives unless we let him too. We cannot drown ourselves with the cares of the world. I want to repeat that. We cannot drown ourselves. Every single person can drown himself or herself with the cares of the world. We do it to ourselves. We are called to be royal priesthood, holy nation, royally led by God and royally fed by God. Not at the mercy of this world. Kings will come and go. Kingdoms will come and go. But those who trust in the Lord God says, even if the whole world is experiencing famine, God will feed his people. In famine, his people are the only group of people who will flourish. Who? His people. Who've made the Lord God of heaven and earth to be their God. Just like our Ruth did. This is my God. These are my people. I'll be where God is. And what did God do? What did God do? He made her the owner of many, many lands in Israel. A young widow, Moabite widow, became an owner. Not only that, a young Moabite woman found her place in the book of all books, not just a name in some corner of the Bible, a book dedicated to her with her name on it. Her name on the in the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Her name in the Bible so many times. You don't see uh, a book dedicated to Boaz. No. Uh, entire, an entire book was dedicated to Ruth. Not a man. Remember that. A lot of times people think, oh, men have special place. No. Man or woman, if you have a special place in God's heart, he'll make sure. He will give a special place for you in his kingdom. It was Ruth. Not an Israelite woman. You don't have a book dedicated to Naomi, no. But to Ruth, a Moabite woman. Why? Why? Because Naomi didn't leave Moab. Moab was not Naomi's land. Naomi left her land and went to Moab. Boaz didn't leave his land. Who left her land? Ruth left her land. Those who sacrifice out of genuine love for the living God. Not like an investment company. Oh, I give five, God gives me 50, and I give 50, he gives me 500. No, even though God bless us. 
Our motives must be pure. When we love him with all our hearts, mind, soul, and strength, and we lay down our lives, we become his prized treasures, prized possession. This is why Ruth has a special place in the Bible. Not any Jew or any non-Jew. She's someone who left everything and came under the wings of the God of Israel and showed herself to be worthy of the call of God God had for her, even though she did not know it. God is speaking to your hearts this morning. Give ear to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Don't be short-sighted. Go after that which matters the most. One life you have. Five years, ten years, fifteen years, hundred years will just disappear, will go like the vapor right before your eyes. Be wise. Choose wisely. While you're on the face of the earth, be like Ruth. Be like Peter who was converted, soundly converted, who lived a God-glorifying life. Jesus rejoiced over him. No more that heavy heart. Jesus was so happy with him. He was the first person who got to preach in the book of Acts and be used mightily by God. Oh, what a privilege. What a privilege. What a privilege Peter had because he truly loved God. There was this sound conversion that took place when he met the risen Lord who gave him the fish, boat full of fish, and gave him cooked, fully made breakfast, who had an intimate conversation with Peter. Jesus is here in our midst. Jesus Christ is not someone who says, okay, I'll give you this and I'll give you that, or do this for me, do the no. He's a God of love. If you have emotions, he has a lot more than you. He's a creator God. If he created you with emotions, he has a lot more. Of personality, emotions, affection, pain, loss, all those feelings, Jesus has all of them. That's why the Bible says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Let us love the Lord our God with all our hearts, mind, soul, and strength. Not simply say with our words, but truly show with our actions. By our actions, show him that we love him. Like how Peter did. Then the power of God will fill every single one of you. Transform your lives, making you into everything that God has called you and ordained you to become. Be real before God, like how Peter was. During this morning, our God is asking you this question. He's calling you by your name and he's asking you this question. Do you love me more than these? Whatever you are holding dear to you, do you love me more than these? I gave it to you. Yeah, I gave it to you. Do you love me more than these? After getting it from me, are you going to just leave me and go? Do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? Do you love me? More than this. May the Spirit of God speak to your hearts this morning. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for speaking to your people. Thank you for your word that came down from heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Bless you, people. Bless each and every single one here. Turn them into lovers of the Most High God. Cause their hearts to be set ablaze for you, Father. Help every single one, Father, to be faithful to you in all things. Cause every single one to truly put you first in all things. Let there be a purging taking place at this hour. Let the Spirit of God touch every heart. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I ask you, Spirit of the living God, that you will cause your people to be transformed. Help them, Lord, to do their part. Help them to choose wisely. Let no one go after the boats and the fish. Help every single one here to have faith in you, true faith in you. And let everyone follow you for who you are. And truly love you. And truly serve you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for the word that you gave this morning in an unexpected manner. Seal this word in the hearts of your people. I thank you for doing this. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.